Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Gonna talk March Madness a bit further and go into the brackets in general. But first, let's just kind of talk about overall favorites and again the fact that uh, March Madness this year will take place strictly in Indianapolis. So just one central region, no traveling uh, outside of the teams uh, getting into the bubble, uh, essentially, uh, and. Of course, none of these teams have uh, are going to be allowed to compete initially unless uh, they've got a negative test for seven days in a row. Uh, you know, if they can't field a full roster of players, then there are going to be replacement teams on standby uh, that the selection committee already has in place. So Louisville being the first standby team available. So again. You have teams that normally would have been in the NIT, like Louisville, are basically waiting on standby uh, in the interim of uh, teams uh, dropping out of this thing. And just to be fair, uh, there is a very real chance that there could be a team that runs into an issue beforehand that gets dropped for the tournament. So I'm just saying uh, this tournament is still subject to change uh, ahead of Friday now. Once the tournament starts, there are no substitute teams coming in. So if a team flunks the test and they and they have a spread, you know, uh, they're going to be eliminated, and uh, you're going to get teams advancing on a buy essentially, and that's just the way it's going to play out. So uh, with that being said, let's get right down to it in terms of the overall favorites. Uh, you know, top seed. Uh, Gonzaga overall number one, 26 and 0, obviously undefeated. Uh, first undefeated team since uh, Kentucky in 2015. Try to be the first undefeated team uh, to win the NCAA tournament since Indiana in 1976. So, yeah, we've we've had a lot of times uh, uh, since uh, the the last true undefeated team, and Gonzaga really has earned this seed. I mean, uh, to be 
perfectly blunt, if Mark Few can't get it done this year with uh, the Zags and they're the overall favorite, uh, plus 220 uh, Vegas odds uh, to win it all. And, you know, by statistical measures, they're bordering near 30% chance of winning this tournament, um, which is extremely high uh, even compared to most years. Uh, most years you get teams around a 25, 26% chance of winning the tournament. Uh, this year, Gonzaga uh, being at 30%, uh, you know, that's a bit eye-opening. But if you look at the offensive metrics and the Ken Palm stats, it is the highest rated offensive team by any stretch of the imagination in NCAA history from an offensive standpoint. Uh, they've got three All-American candidates and and Corey Crisper, Drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs. You know, realistically, they spread the ball around, and it's one of the rarities is the fact that uh, the Bulldogs make almost 60 four percent of their two-point shots which you know even by nba marks is absurd you know when you look at the nba and college games uh teams aren't even getting 50 percent averages now with the two-point shot uh and it's partly i think because of the proliferation of teams just jacking up three-pointers uh they don't even take quality two-point shots anymore which is kind of leading to the decline of the of the two point percentages, but you know when you do the statistical math, uh, you know te- uh, teams will say that you know if you hit the three point shot and you're hitting it at above a thirty five percent clip, your expected value is still going to be higher than the two point shot. Zags are excellent from three point range, and they shoot at an absurd percentage from. Uh, two-point range, as I noted. That's why they have the highest offensive efficiency marks uh, in the history of the Kempom statistic, uh, which has been in place for over 25 years now. You know, I just look at Gonzaga. It's very hard to pick apart anything wrong with this team. And truth be told, uh, I kind of look at this as a, a case where, you know, it's going to take one of these other teams to knock them off. I don't really see a whole lot in the West region to trouble Gonzaga. Uh, just uh, being honest, uh, because, uh, you know, realistically in the, uh, in the region, I, you know, I just don't see it at, you know, uh, the, uh, the numbers just don't play out where I see a whole lot uh, given Gonzaga trouble. Uh, you know, Iowa's the number two seed, uh, headlined by Luca Garza. I've always been down on Iowa this year. I, I think if you can give Garza trouble, you know, it. Iowa's a pretty simple team to figure out, in my opinion. You know, if they hit their three-point shots, yeah, they're, they're going to do damage. Uh, if Garza uh, is allowed to feast in the middle, yeah, you're going to be in trouble. I just think that Garza is a guy you can get into foul trouble if you got size and uh, uh, being able to position against him. Uh, plus, the potential matchup against Oregon in the second round is not one where I actually think favors uh, Iowa in the West. Uh, so, 
I'm I'm just kind of looking at it and saying in the West region, uh, you you do have uh, a couple of uh, situations where I could see some upsets happening, and again, it's to the benefit of uh, Gonzaga because I don't really see a ton of these teams giving Gonzaga that much of a difficult uh, stretch of run. I I could be wrong, obviously, but. Uh, you know, I just kind of look at the uh, amongst the regions. I, I think the uh, the likely scenarios Gonzaga goes through. Uh, Kansas is the dark horse in all of this. Uh, you know, Kansas. Uh, we don't exactly know who is going to be available. Uh, I kind of have Kansas in as one of my surprise picks, just because I know. Sometimes Gonzaga uh, picks, you know, depending on the size of your pool, you may need to get a little bit more varied. And again, I talked about this before. You know, when I'm saying varied, I'm talking about when you're getting pools larger than 100 people. Uh, That's when you have to start getting a little bit more creative with the picks and going a little bit sideways. When you've got an overwhelming favor like Gonzaga, at 30% chance to win the tournament. Taking them out before the Final Four doesn't really do you a whole lot of good uh, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it could have worked out, certainly. But when their percentages of winning it all are that high and getting to the Final Four is uh, significantly higher than other teams, because if you're looking at it objectively, you're, you're getting... Uh, a chance of Gonzaga making the Final Four greater than 50%, which no other team has available, just because of how uh, the West lines up for Gonzaga. I I just don't really see a great play of uh, picking against them, just for the sake of uh, saying you you made the pick. So, you know, as I kind of look through the West region, you know, I like Gonzaga. Kansas is the dark horse. Virginia has a four seed. Yeah, uh, they they could certainly do it with their play style, but uh, you know, I don't see, I don't necessarily see Virginia as the the matchup uh, that takes out Gonzaga. Uh, I'm I'm very curious about uh, this uh, Creighton team. Because Creighton at the five seed, I look at this as a classic five twelve matchup. Creighton was awful in the Big East tournament final, and that was really the first game back for uh, Coach McDermott after his very controversial comments uh, that came out that led to his suspension about his team getting back on a plantation. No matter what he was trying to say. Everyone knows that was inappropriate to say, but the fact that the team did not even remotely respond in a big game uh, for the Big East title, uh, I got some concerns about Creighton. Uh, just because when you play that poorly against the Georgetown team that, you know, I don't really consider to be very good. As much as I like Patrick Ewing, um, I just look at it as a standpoint of... Uh, this is this is a team that's not in the best shape heading into the tournament, and 
you know, the Gauchos have won a ton of games. They shoot well from the three-point range. Creighton doesn't necessarily defend well from the three-point range. I'm not, I'm not uh, feeling that confident of uh, Creighton being able to hold off uh, a 12-5 uh, upset uh, with uh, this uncertainty surrounding Greg M- uh, McDermott. Uh, it's, uh, it's just very, like, like I said, it, it was a terrible performance, and no one really can put their finger on. What was the cause? So it leaves the elephant in the room of it's the coach and the players are uh, trying to get past the controversy surrounding the coach. So I'm I'm probably going to have a little bit more favor on that 5-12 upset than I would in normal years. All right. So getting uh, into the other half of the bracket where, you know, as I said, in Gonzaga's top half of the bracket, you know, outside of Virginia, I don't really see any of these teams being capable of uh, uh, knocking off Gonzaga. I mean, yeah, you have an 8-9 matchup between Oklahoma and Missouri. That's probably going to be the tightest matchup of the first round, to be honest. Uh, really splitting hairs between... You know, I just the t- the Tigers get their points in, in uh, just uh, kind of crashing the boards, getting garbage points. Oklahoma, realistically, that plays uh, into their strengths. I just kind of look at Oklahoma as a team where you're not really gonna be you're you're not you're not gonna be bullying them uh inside they've got a very good defense uh you know even though uh in the latter half of the year it did tail off a bit i just kind of look at oklahoma in that missouri matchup uh it's it's a coin flip at best but neither uh, matchup in my opinion works all that great against uh uh against gonzaga and the the other part of um uh some of the issues with Oklahoma is that they did have some positive tests that threw off uh because uh, they they lost some of their point guard play between Austin Reese and Alondis Williams uh you know um again I I kind of struggle with uh picking anyone against Gonzaga in this, this side of the bracket because I just don't see anything of interest, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so uh, let's uh, flip it around uh, to the other half of the bracket uh, in the West. You've got USC as the sixth seed playing the playing game winner of Wichita State and Drake. I think it'll be Wichita State, but wouldn't be shocked if Drake uh, pulled off uh, uh, the win in that first four matchup. Uh, you know, pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, on the USC side, uh, the player to watch is Evan Mobley. Uh, you know, big time center. Uh, probably is going to be top three pick in the NBA draft uh, this upcoming year. Good defender, good rebounder. Uh, averages sixteen and nine uh, a game. You know, really going to be a name to look out for 
in the next uh, couple of years in the NBA because uh, you know he can uh, put up big numbers as a big man, uh, excellent passer. You know, should be interesting to uh, to watch. Uh, I'm I'm not even uh, gonna uh, try to upsell any further, uh, but uh, you know, I think. Uh, I think Mobley is probably going to be one of the players to watch that people are going to be learning a lot more about throughout the course of the NCAA tournament. So I, as, uh, as my uh, talking about this uh, uh, team goes, uh, you know, you know where I'm leaning. It's uh, I got USC over Wichita state uh, and the Drake winner and it, Sets up an interesting second round matchup. Uh, I think Kansas gets past Eastern uh, Washington. I don't see a 13-4, I mean a, a 14-3 upset uh, in the first round here. Kansas, we don't know who's playing yet. Uh, and we're not going to know until Thursday evening, most likely, when they'll make an announcement as to uh, which of Kansas players uh, actually qualified to be inside the bowl. Because, uh, you know, again, you have to have the seven consecutive days of uh, negative tests. So, you know, if Kansas doesn't have the full complement of players, it just favors USC. I'm, I'm going to have to lean towards USC in uh, the bulk of my uh, roster build out. So, uh, you know, I, I just, it, it is, you don't want to count out Kansas, but uh, I feel as though if you want to, if you're in a large field pool, again, uh, when you're talking uh, 100, 150, 200 uh, brackets or more, that's when you can start getting a little bit more creative of uh, getting off to Gonzaga in the West. Outside of that, uh, you know, in terms of the matchups, I think it would be USC or Kansas uh, to uh, knock off the Zags, uh, but uh, that, that would be about the extent of it in this region. Um, but uh, moving on, Oregon VCU. Really tight matchup. I would give the edge uh, to Oregon, uh, though uh, the spread's also favoring them as well. But, uh, you know, I, I just look at uh, in terms of uh, uh, the overall skill sets uh, for Oregon, it it, it does it kind of fit into more of, uh, of a build where uh, you got Oregon making it through, uh, you know, the only other thing that, uh, I kind of worry about with Oregon is I don't necessarily think that, uh, they're that solid from a ball handling standpoint. And one of the things VCU is actually pretty good at is forcing turnover. So they usually turn their over, uh, opponents over at a clip of about 14% of their percentages, uh, which is pretty much in uh, near the top line. They either, they're either either first or second overall. I think it was uh, them, Florida State, and maybe Georgia Tech. Uh, uh, I don't have the exact percentages in front of me, but the VCU, uh, very good defensively. That would be the concern for Oregon. If uh, Oregon does get knocked off, I don't think VCU would be able to match up well against Iowa 
in that matchup. I think uh, Oregon is a far better matchup against Iowa uh, for an upset uh, pick, uh, but uh, not nearly as much for VCU. So, uh, you know, again, you have to kind of balance out where you want to see your upsets and take your advantage there. Uh, the two fifteen matchup is uh, Iowa Grand Canyon. Uh, you know, Grand Canyon, uh, first year in the Mountain West. Uh, I believe it was the Mountain West that they uh, uh, won out. Uh, but, uh, you know, profile wise, just like kind of going through the numbers, it, the, Garza should be able to match up against the inferior competition here. So I would expect Iowa to get through. I just don't see Iowa getting past Oregon in the round of uh, 32. Uh, and making it past the first weekend. So that's where I kind of pull back in a way because I, I, I don't necessarily see Iowa uh, getting into the Sweet 16. Uh, that's just the way I'm kind of looking at it. And again, in the bottom half, a lot of this kind of comes down to Kansas. If Kansas doesn't have their full complement of players, I think USC goes all the way to the Elite Eight. Uh, to match up against Gonzaga. Uh, you know, could Gonzaga trip up before the Elite Eight? <sighs> really have a tough time seeing it. The, the the matchups all point towards Gonzaga. There's no true team defensively that I think would slow down Gonzaga enough. Yeah, would Virginia tempo-wise be able to slow down Gonzaga? Yes, but I think Gonzaga shoots so well from an efficiency standpoint. I, I just don't see... Virginia having the size to make life difficult for Gonzaga in the top half of the draw. So, uh, like I said, I, I look at Gonzaga and I think this is pretty much their region to lose. And so even against USC, uh, Kansas, you know, maybe if, if they, if Iowa does make the run uh, to the Elite Eight to match against uh, Gonzaga, I just don't see any of these teams being having uh, the repertoire to knock off Gonzaga. So that's where I'm kind of leaning towards is just uh, as chalk as it may be Gonzaga. If you want to pick an upset uh, in the region, I would take uh, UC Santa Barbara over Creighton in the 12-5 upset, but uh, not much else there. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could take Missouri over Oklahoma. That's always splitting hairs, my opinion. And, yeah, VCU could knock off Oregon, but I look at it as if Oregon falls in the first round, then it pretty much uh, punches the ticket for Iowa to get into the Sweet 16. So that's kind of uh, where I landed in the West region. So uh, I'll uh, leave uh, things off there uh, for now, and uh, we'll get into uh, the... East region in the next uh, podcast. So that's all for now. Take it easy, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Say 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.